0: Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Hey there, Cyberpunks. Welcome back to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This is the show where we talk about everything cyberpunk and maybe other stuff in the future we'll see it depends on if we uh, run out of content but that's probably not going to happen anytime soon um man my intros are just like spur of the moment right off the top of my head i am your host tom or robots and i'm here with my co-host logan captain logan how you doing buddy
1: i'm doing good yeah there's yeah just swimming and content will never dry up I'm, <laughs> no i'm having a good time uh i i just been i spent the last two hours before we started live playing on the latest patch so i have thoughts yeah and feelings about
0: it yeah i think i want to i think the entire internet has thoughts and feelings um mostly feelings what? mostly feelings <laughs> crazy sometimes thoughts those can be rare, but mostly feelings. <laughs> um, and sometimes not even the best thoughts. Sometimes the, the,
1: <laughs> the worst, least thought out thoughts possible, but very strong feelings.
0: Very strong feelings. Yes. <laughs> and we are recording live again. We, uh, we had planned to do a follow up on our Cyberpunk Red episode with Scruff last week, but Scruff seems to have fallen off the planet. I don't know. I mean, he's down in Australia. Who knows how gravity works down there? Um, Hopefully he's okay and not, you know, flying off into space. Uh, But maybe he'll pop in. If he doesn't, then we're just going to have to reschedule this for a future episode. So we have plenty of other things to talk about, though, with uh, some news. There's a number of different news items we're going to be going over. And on the second half of the episode, we're going to dig into the details and our experience with the 1.1 patch, because that seems to be all over the internet and everybody already has feelings and thoughts about that as well. Again, mostly feelings, sometimes thoughts. So so why don't we just <laughs> dig right into it? Um, this week there is a, a bit of news floating out there outside of patch centric stuff. The One of the most interesting pieces of news that I've come across is this uh, release of some of the artwork for what Johnny Silverhand was going to look like before they hired Keanu Reeves. and I don't know if you guys have seen this. I'm going to put up one of uh, some of the images on the stream here so you can see and it, it's similar, but he's definitely a much less handsome rock star. Uh, same kind of, of uh, slim build and long dark hair. Uh, but he he looks a little bit more stern and a little bit more I don't know skinny a little emaciated maybe even what do you think Logan he's got a much
1: broader jaw and in a much larger chin than like Keanu like Keanu is in his hairline is definitely a lot higher up like I I I, it's really weird because he really does look like a a, just a a beat up older rocker boy
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Whoever, whoever did the art definitely nailed like the look, uh, between like a cowboy and a, and a guitarist, uh, for sure.
0: Right. Every it's, good rock star so is weird. somewhere between a cowboy and a pirate, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he looks like a, he looks like a rock star who has survived into his, I don't know, late thirties or forties. Uh, and is a little bit worse for wear has probably been doing some drugs and uh you know staying up too late and not getting enough vitamin d i i don't know but you know he, he looks like he's had kind of a a, rife, a rough time of it um skinny and uh, in some of these pictures he has he's wearing like a, a bandana on his forehead um and all of them he's got like shiny pants same kind of uh yeah. you know the, the arm looks very similar. It's odd. The arm is actually the the silver arm, the metallic arm is actually on different sides, depending on the screenshot you look at, um, which is interesting. It's not always just one hand. Sometimes it's the other, which is strange. Yeah. Um, but overall, I think it makes sense that they were designing something that looks like this and they were, you know, even to start with something like this and then go. And I don't know the process that this went. I don't know if they were like, you know, it'd be awesome. to Have Keanu Reeves. Maybe it's not going to happen, but let's design somebody around him. Or they were going, let's design a, you know, somebody who looks kind of like a rock star who has long, dark hair. And oh, by the way, Keanu Reeves kind of fits that profile, too. So why don't we just go after him? Um, but it it matches, you know, I think that this would have been OK. How, how would you have felt if this was the Keanu, not the Keanu Reeves, the uh, Johnny Silverhand that you got in the game?
1: Just based on the quality of voice acting that they've got for all the other characters, I actually kind of want to see what they would have done with Johnny if it wasn't Keanu, because Keanu has such a, a a unique and distinct voice uh, for, for fans of his content that it's almost it would be it would be. A weird cognitive dissonance if you didn't actually see Keanu Reeves when you could hear his voice because you would know it's it's Keanu like you can't you can't hear his voice and look at whoever he's playing and think. Yeah, no, that that doesn't work. They should have just done. So I actually kind of would have loved to have seen who they could have gotten to do the voice for this Johnny Silverhand, Mm -hmm. just because they really did nail the casting for all the other characters. And it'd be kind of interesting, you know? In an alternate universe, I think we would have had um, less cool memes, like less breathtaking memes from, uh, the you know, Cyberpunk 2077, but it's still... I I think it's one of those things where if they had gone with this actual character design, I think you could have opened up the world of cyberpunk to playing around more with um, like the future uh, or the story of Johnny. Whereas you know everyone kind of just wants to know like what's going to happen with Keanu like is Keanu going to stick around is is he going to do any more work can mm-hmm. they get him for future content so it's hard to know like how accessible is he for, you know, like the next cyberpunk game or something, you know, like if, yeah. if they wanted to continue with, with Johnny Silverhand now they're, they're absolutely locked in. It to, has to be, you, you know, know, or Keanu. nothing.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whereas if they'd gone without that, you know, like we might we might've seen like an entire prequel to uh, cyberpunk 2077. That was like cyberpunk 2023 and we could have like lived through Johnny's uh, world for a little, a little bit, or at least, you know, adjacent to him. So mm-hmm. it was, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I, I always love seeing this kind of stuff. You know, I see, I, I love art books and whatnot. So I would love to have them kind of release some of this um, kind of concept art
0: for for us instead of it just kind of like appearing out of the void yeah yeah well they did put a lot of the concept art and stuff and in, in some of the other books and things that they put out um but yeah this seems to be something that they kind of held on to because they didn't want to conflate our images of him in our heads uh, and i think all of that ties also into the marketing which we're going to talk about in a little bit but the i, I think it really did pay off to have somebody like keanu helping promote the product for them uh, you know, it not just playing a role and doing a good job of it, but also being kind of the face of the marketing was was mm-hmm. huge. And we'll talk about that in a little bit with the next uh, with some of the other news. Why don't we move on to our mod of the week? This mod is really... For, you know, okay, so we've got two mods. We've got Sorry. your mod, which we're going to get to second. You can bring this one up. But the the, the actual mod of the week is uh, a new mod that... And again, all of these things are usually available on Nexus Mods. So go to the Nexus Mods site. Uh, it should be, shouldn't be too hard to install because there's a program called Vortex you can use. And this is all on PC. So this mod is called... Um, Actually, I don't know that I have the name of it pulled up here, but basically this is what it does. It lets V, your character, use the cyberware from any of the NPCs in the game. And I've got some images of this as well. Now, this, I think, is probably one of the most interesting mods to come out recently because it's, I mean, this is kind of the fantasy, right? This is what we all wanted to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. here, here's an image pretty right much. here on the screen, yeah, pretty much of um of a character with oh, I'm moving our heads instead of the picture. There we go. Of uh this is this is a female V, but she has that shiny skin, that plasteel looking skin and so this V happens to have dark skin, but you can see the shine off it is very bright. So there's a lot of contrast between the darker skin and then the bright shiny stuff. And it covers the entire body, her face, her arms. She's wearing kind of a low cut top. Um, There's another image here. I'm going to pull up that shows a female V with cyber arms. And these are you guys, if you've played the games, you know, you know, the different kinds of cyber arms, you get some of them look more filled out and shaped like an actual arm. Some of them are a little bit more thin and mechanical looking. These are the two thin mechanical looking arms, but they're just plugged right into the model, the V model and they seem to be working totally fine. There's another image here and I think this one some of you guys would really really enjoy role playing as. We've got the um the <laughs> the glowy eyes and oh yeah, the Maelstrom stuff. The Maelstrom, yeah, like the the whole head and it's with some of the Maelstrom characters, the whatever that Thing is, they put on their heads with all the red lights. Actually, goes further into their face. It's like deeper into their face than their actual front of their face is, which completely changes the way their profile looks. If you get what I'm saying about that, you know how that works. Yeah. Like some of them look like oh, it's yeah. like half of their face is actually cool. missing, and the things like enlarged in lodged, you know, in their face. This keeps the basic shape of the humanness of the face, but just puts that mod right where the eyes and the forehead would would be. Yeah
1: this is what i wanted yeah
0: like, yeah and <laughs> when
1: then I, when i was playing through this is the stuff that i wanted
0: yeah and then the rest of the body still has you know like the, you can see the little marks the metallic marks and augments around you know the uh the inside of the elbow and like the neckline and the arms and there, you know little metallic areas where it looks like these are either completely replaced or augmented arms and body parts yeah like this is a lot of the stuff that that you know A lot of people were looking for um
1: especially with like the like the chromed out uh body you know like being fully cro like they show you and this was this was kind of the thing that really kind of made me feel weird about like playing through it is is your character really doesn't change at all beyond the character creation screen you change your your gear your gear looks different but you don't change you and with you know, with the art book, with the marketing, they had like kitsch, they had uh, military, they had, um, Oh, i'm blanking on the other neo kitsch was like mm-hmm. in, like neo kitsch is the one that i'm thinking about where i'm like no that is that is like the the corpo who have moved beyond the corpo life to go back to the kitsch but they still have all the money so now they're just like chroming out their bodies and i'm like yeah i want to ascend to that point i want to yeah. uh get get to the point where i can totally chrome out my whole body and i think the the there's only one thing in the game that let, let, allows you to actually change your look so when i see like these mods coming out and i'm like that
0: should have been in the game this is why you're so tempted to get the pc version we were talking before the show and you're like "Ah, maybe i'll get the pc version too this is it right so you can play with all the mods yeah Yeah. i really
1: would yeah especially considering some of the the weird mods Were did you
0: have any before (laughs) Before I touch on the ones that I was, <laughs> well, was going to jump, into. yeah, Crystal in chat mean, uh, asked if we covered the play as Doctor Fingers mod, <laughs> which we haven't. But you can make a character that is, basically looks like Fingers, um, the Ripper Doc, who you come across in the main storyline. So it's not too much of a spoiler. Uh, but if you if you've come across him, you know him. You know what he looks like. If that's why you want to look, run around this world, then you can do that. Uh, what's what's the mod that you're going to bring up and? Okay, I'm, so, just, I'm uh, just serving this up to you on a platter. This is yours. Go for it. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I
1: have not checked these out, obviously, because I don't have the mod. I'm hoping maybe you can try these out and see how you like. Um, but there's a great tweet that I just came across because I follow on Twitter. They've got the the 2077 like topic that you can follow, mm-hmm. and uh, Bolwerk15 on Twitter um, just clipped out some of the most perfect um the perfect images from the, the Nexus modding community. So he he's he or she, I don't know who it is, they uh, say that the cyberpunk modding community is already hard at work, I see. And they have they have like four images here. One of them V pregnancy <laughs> <laughs> If you want if, if you wanted V to be pregnant. Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. So that's a mod. Oh so okay, wait wait, <laughs> pause. Pause. Okay. Few <laughs> thoughts, one, like looking down like the legitimate route role playing. Okay. Maybe you want to role play your female character as being pregnant. It seems like a very yeah. n- niche possibility, but maybe that would be useful. Uh, a little bit more less, uh, legit route. I didn't think the kinky stuff would come out this fast, <laughs> like. like this is a kink mod right right i i would assume so i don't know (laughs) like some people really like pregnant women and that's a big turn on to them like that's a thing right yeah i am not here to judge i'm not here i'm not either i'm just i think that's
1: got to be the motivation though right I would imagine. So I know I've seen it on um, models and stuff like that, but it, it, you're not wrong. Yeah. I'm not, ju- I'm not judging anybody's,
0: anybody's sexual preferences. Like that's usually yeah. that's just baked into your brain. That's who you are. And that's fine. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody or children, like that's fine. Uh, right. But, yeah. but like, that's, I mean, that's gotta be the reason, right? That's like, yeah.
1: And, and you're not wrong because in in line, in, in, in the thread of this tweet, The next one is public hair for female V. Public,
0: public hair.
1: Pubic, sorry.
0: (laughs) That's a different kind of kink. (laughs) That is definitely yeah. Public hair. You know, if you want, like, you walk around and let other people style your hair for you actively while in public. That's what public hair is. (laughs) Um, So there's, there's, yeah,
1: there's pubic hair. There's one that's called, and I. I admit my ignorance on this one because I'm not 100% sure what this actually entails, but there's one called eGirls Makeup Edits. And I All don't right. know what that means.
0: I, I mean, that's probably okay. So I, I haven't looked this one up, but it's probably just allows you to edit makeup on either your character or NPCs. Um, yeah. Most likely, it's your character. It, it, it probably allows you makeup options from other NPCs in the game that aren't already on your character. So if you yeah. like, if you pass a certain, you know, people in public or, you know, one of the uh, moxes or whoever, and you're like, ah, oh, I like the way her makeup is. I wish my character looked like that. You could, you could do that. Yeah.
1: And, and I was, it's funny because I was heading over to Nexus Mods just to check out and see if I could dig into a couple of these real quick just to get a little more information about them. I didn't have time, but uh, apparently there is one. There's one that allows you to play as Red Menace or Purple Force as well, too, mm. which if you don't know, is uh, the two of the, the, the three um, from the Us Cracks, which is the, uh, the, the Japanese-ish band that is in cyberpunk. Uh, which is like part of the story down in down in one of the storylines. But yeah. So if you like the big insect look of the, of the characters with their bug eyes or, or the, uh, the multi eyes and stuff, like if you want to go that route too, there's a, there's a Nexus mod for you and it's super cheap. It's like so cheap. Pretty sure it's just free. Pretty sure you can just, yeah <laughs> install this yeah so yeah if you, if you want bug eyes you can get
0: literal bug eyes that's awesome that's awesome now outside of these kind of wacky mods there are a bunch of uh other mods showing up on the on the nexus mod store that are a little bit more beneficial for uh, like just playing the game or uh role playing the game even so things like uh improved mini maps save editors uh, menu improvements uh command line stuff library swaps um, even uh, being able to alter recipes or skip the intro video, there's a bunch of these kinds of quality of life types of updates, but also the kinds of stuff that allows you to kind of get into the guts of the game a little bit in order to customize it and play with it. So if you're looking for any of that stuff, that stuff's great. Uh, I haven't called out anything specifically to really dig into because they're all kind of what they're what they sound like. So go to the Nexus mods for a uh, site for cyberpunk and, and just look at the most popular list. You'll see a bunch of those. But then there's also things like um, cyber fashion and being able to unlock any of the fashion across the game and apply it to your character, which would be great for screenshots or role playing your character in the world. Um, and then even things like more realistic driving experience, which seems to try to you know adjust the car's movements and things like that. So lots of, lots of stuff you can check out there. Any other thoughts on mods before we move on?
1: I think they might be listening to the modding community, the CDPR, because I, th- I think that they're actually going to start implementing, we talked uh, last week, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before where we were talking about some of the mods and like tracking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think some of that stuff's actually starting to make its way into uh, into the actual game. Um, mm. I'm actually kind of happy. I won't, I figure we we'll could probably dive into it when we start talking about the patch. But I'm, I'm kind of glad that all these mods are coming out because uh, it seems like just on the, the recent patch that CDPR is, uh, well aware of these mods and are looking to see which ones can be quickly implemented to help improve the, uh, the, the, the playability and the, the enjoyment from the game, which I honestly, I wasn't expecting this early on. I, I didn't think we would get some of these. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool stuff. Well, we have one other news topic to talk about here. There is an article from Euro, Eurogamer.net, and I know that this was sent out on other sites as well. This is just the one that we, we happen to pull up. Um, that talks about the, uh, <laughs> the sales of the game. So according to this, Cyberpunk 2077 is now the biggest digital game launch of all time. And 80% of the digital sales were on PC. So the details go into it a little bit. Selling uh, 1.2 million digital copies in December of 2020, Cyberpunk 2077 is the biggest digital launch of all time. Um, I'm going to fix the overlay while we talk about this because it looks like Scruff is joining us.
1: I hey. did want to. I did want to say is uh, selling 10.2 million digital copies, not the 1.2.
0: I'm sorry, which... 10, 10.2. I got a little distracted. Hey, Scruff. Yeah. Scruff made it. Hey, buddy. Oy. Hi. Hey, sorry. No problem. Sorry. We're uh, we're just going over so some. Yeah no no biggie. We're just going over some uh, some of the news. We're just wrapping up the news part of this, and um, so yeah, ten point two million digital copies on PC. Holy crap! That's that's a ton. That's eighty percent of the the stuff that was sold. So we're looking at about 12, 12 million total. Um, that's that's yeah. a phenomenal amount, and hopefully that I don't know. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's enough. <sighs> uh,
1: what do you want to say? It's like call of duty sales like right there i like, mean this is the big,
0: biggest digital it's, it's got to
3: be enough of them to keep keep working on it right and right that's what right they, this is they already had it in the pipeline right so
0: right this is like public going, we're not making the dlc anymore this is public demand for keep working on it keep patching it keep getting it out there what i hope that the the people who make decisions do not take away from this is that marketing trumps quality because I, I don't want them to look at these numbers and go, oh, well, clearly we marketed this really well. That's why it sold sold so good. And now that we've got everyone's money, let's just move on to the next project because I think that they're going to, like, they have to fix the goodwill with the consumers or the next project definitely isn't going to sell the same same way. It doesn't matter what A-list star they have on the, the next project. If people are too skeptical to buy it, they're not going to buy it. I don't know. Yeah. I think people have short memories, to be honest. Yeah. Well... Uh- I mean
1: the the nice thing is is that because this game is selling so well more and more people are going to be playing it and a lot of i mean we're we're kind of on the the edge of the 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 people that are discontent with the game like we love the game we try to call out the the criticisms that we have as valid as they are and try not to just you know bag on the on the the company for you know the 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 show that they've just kind of like, you know, stepping on the rake every time they come out of the office. Um, but other, other people out there are going to be doing that. Tons of other pundits out there are going to be being like, I can't believe they did this. Of course they deserve this. They need to. So like CDPR has a long way to go before they stop getting, uh, you know, chomped at by, by everyone who's, uh, just completely discontent with the, the state of the game. And I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from. I understand where CDPR is coming from. I still feel bad for the devs, but uh, it, knowing that I feel confident that we were going to be talking about how CDPR needs to fix this game and it gets fixed. And I don't think right. they'll I don't think they'll be able to let go of this game as much as they might want to uh, th- just because of the backlash that's happened um, until they're kind of right at the ship and gotten us back on track, but that's just speculation from me at this point. I mean,
3: this is me looking a long way in the future, but, but from a person who comes very subtly from the RP side of things and, and the narrative side of things, I think, you know, game fixing the, the technical issues aside, if they come out with some stellar DLCs that really explore some interesting stories or interesting parts of the world, you know, like blood and wine is is, you know, regarded to be, you know, just as good as the main game of which, if not better. So, you know, if they, if they can pull a blood and wine out of their hat, you know, at the end of this year, at the beginning of next year, I think that'll go a long way after the technical stuff to be like, Oh, okay. They, you know, technical stuff aside, this is a, this is now a place where you can, they can tell stories about this really interesting world and we can actually stop talking about the technical issues and we can, you know concentrate on what's
0: assuming what's people can play want. it right assuming people can enjoy it in a way that's not too <laughs> distracting and and frustrating
3: the thing for me 1.1 just came out and i stopped playing for a while because the frame rate was just really bad driving around and mm-hmm. yeah you can fast travel but it was just it was annoying me so i just sort of waited for the first patch and then the uh, the frame rates way better. So I've been driving around again. Um, right. And as I was saying on, on Twitter, I, I finally got back to the afterlife and ordered my Jackie Wells. So yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't we, why don't we transition into that? Why don't we talk a little bit about the patch and then we can get into Scruff's section about the cyberpunk red stuff. Um, we've all, it's, I believe had an opportunity to play with the new patch a little bit. What is your, what is your general takeaway so far? Either of you want Uh, to start, I can can drive around the city, (laughs) you can drive around the city. That's kind of your main takeaway on this one.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could just, it would, it would, I would just get such bad dips driving around that it wasn't really worth it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I always had fine, like in combat and in story scenes and stuff was always fine for me. I'm running in an older rig. I've only got a 1070 uh and like a fifth or sixth generation i5 so like i haven't got a super good rig Mm -hmm. to be honest yeah now i can play. that's
0: yeah that's my main takeaway yeah yeah Mm. logan what are are your thoughts on the patch you've been playing on xbox
1: yeah so i've been i've been i've been doing the due diligence for the good people out there in console world uh (laughs) fear not i will be your savior which, which, which xbox uh both um well except for the original i've been playing on a a series x and a um i keep looking at my phone because i know it's going to try and call up a call out on siri on me at this point um but uh, no i've been playing on my series x and i've been playing on my one x which is the cyberpunk edition um Mm -hmm. the the interesting thing about this is that the series x performs very on par with what it was prior to this patch. It didn't feel like much had changed at all. Uh, density for like cars and AI seem just just about what they were um, beforehand. I'm still getting the weird like pathing with AI where they'll walk through things or they'll they'll mm-hmm. you know kind of clip over things. So yeah, I, I tested out fighting that.
0: some cops and of course they like. I shot, so I stood up on a car I shot a pedestrian and of course it's like "Eh, I wanted, right? And I'm like, okay I turned to my left, there's a cop on the sidewalk and I'm like, okay, maybe that cop was already there, probably not, but maybe they start shooting at me and then seriously, like two yards away, boop, just pops in right while I'm looking there boop, Uh another cop pops in and I'm like okay, I kill both of them, it only takes a few shots and then I turn to my left four more cops, all within you know, ten feet of me i'm just like you guys were not standing here (laughs) like you just popped into the game come on yeah that stuff is not addressed at all
3: so
1: i yeah it
0: wasn't in
3: the patch notes. wasn't it wasn't in the patch. i didn't expect it to be
0: addressed addressed but you you never know sometimes this stuff gets snuck in so it was just one of those things I, i did read that
3: the older consoles are are better performance wise that was the main thing they were pushing
1: towards right so that's that's the interesting thing so i've been playing predominantly on my one X Uh, on the new patch. I've only been on my Series X for a little bit. So on the one X Weird thing. Uh, the menus still feel very uh, responsive. I didn't notice any differences with the, with the mirrors. What they were talking about, they they mentioned specifically that the memory usage for character creation, mirrors, scanning, camera, remote control, menus, inventory, map uh, on the the one the one X and the one S uh, are supposed to be improved. So. That is like such a nebulous thing to try and like test out when you're in the middle of a run. Uh, the yeah. one thing that I'll I'll take away from the patch so far is that when I was playing uh, on 1.06, driving around and being in the world felt a lot more populated. Uh, and I've I've noticed on 1.1, the 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 crowd density and the car density has like seriously declined like it feels like it's very very minimal population now but i am getting better uh frame rates on it Mm -hmm. and the it, it feels like it's less less laggy in in certain areas but i'm still getting crashes uh especially if i play around in photo mode if i if i jump between photo mode and real mode too much um the game definitely doesn't like it and it locks up and it crashes and i have to reload
0: i wonder if there's a uh, memory leak uh somewhere in, in between those two.
1: Oh, i i guarantee you that's probably exactly what it is i think you nailed it right there um yeah. but i th- this patch definitely feels like this is kind of the the groundwork um like reading through yeah, it it, it feels helpful. like yeah everything about it is like let's let's fix the the main story bugs let's fix the main memory leak issues let's try and shore up some of the the main issues and i think february's patch will probably be the one where they're like alright let's maybe put some quality of life stuff in here and try and actually improve some of the uh, the fidelity but mm-hmm. Have to wait and see because there's still issues even even with this patch.
0: Yeah, the other big issue that um, has already been addressed on new sites, which is interesting, because I just came across this today when I was testing out some stuff. I've, I've been playing a character as a just kind of a creative way to play a character. I was like, can is it possible to beat the game only killing people with grenades uh, outside of places like cutscenes or or you know things where it forces you to use a gun? Um, so I've been going through that, and I'm about. I don't know, halfway through the storyline again. And sure enough, I load up the game and good old Takamura gives me a phone call and then his little head sits there on the screen, but he doesn't say anything. And of course, when you're in that mode, you can't do certain things, especially like throwing a grenade. It just kind of locks up your story Um. progression right there. Uh, So yeah, this has been a thing and there's a workaround right now for it. So if those of you who are finding that you might be having this problem, you one have to load an older save, Total bummer, that lost me a good hour of play at least. Uh, Two, you have to finish the conversation with him after you leave Wakako's office, so this is part of that quest line, you'll know what I'm talking about if you've played through this, Um, but you have to finish the conversation with him right outside the office, then skip 23 hours ahead, so you gotta do the little wait time thing, and then that should trigger the call with him and you should have the conversation and it should go as planned outside of this it seems to just kind of lock up the progression for the game so yeah i'm sure this is on the top of their next things to address but if you don't want to wait for that and you don't want to have to go back you know too far i guess but i guess it depends on how much further you were in this quest chain um while still waiting to do this next section of the of the story so Kind of a bummer there. Hopefully that, that gets addressed in maybe a quick patch before we have to wait for another big patch, another, you know, who knows, three, four weeks from now. So any other thoughts on on the patch from your experiences?
1: I, I yeah, think this is already great right. groundwork for what's going on. Um, if I had to, like, yay or nay for people who are on base consoles, uh, I would say still hold off. Um, I would, I would actually, especially considering, uh, at least in the U.S., i S I've seen the game drop to $30 on sale. Uh, that's a good deal. I I would, if you know, you want to play the game and you haven't picked it up yet, or maybe you refunded it and you want to, you want to get a deal on it, maybe pick up a, uh, a, a physical copy for 30 bucks from one of the stores and I would hold it until we see what's going to happen with February, because this dealt with a lot of fixes for like bugs and stuff. But it it didn't really it wasn't as impactful as I think people were hoping it was going to be.
0: Yeah, it just it just goes to show that there's a lot that still needs to be addressed. Um, Some of the comments on on Reddit are people chiming in other people who work in coding and game dev and whatever, saying that this is a clear symptom of you know, very entangled code and code that was created without a, you know, a very good structure in place and those kinds of things. And I've worked with developers uh, specifically doing things like websites and apps and stuff. And that's like easy mode. And I've seen the complexity of those things. you know, when you implement something new and it messes something else up, I can't imagine having, you know, dozens or hundreds of people working on a team and, and the complexity of having to unravel something like that in a game like this. So um, yeah this is the beginning of what I hope will be a regular process and we'll just get more and more addressed and it's just gonna take time and so we get to a certain place where you know for the most part the major issues are taken care of um, All right well tell you what let's move into the middle of the show because we've got some cyberpunk red to talk about with scruff again Ooh, and then yeah and then then we'll be back with that. so here we go. All right, cyberpunks. we're in the middle of the show, and this is the place where I get to thank you guys for helping to support us through Patreon, patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. If you're interested, you can get ad-free episodes, you can get the opportunity to join us on an episode, and that's exactly what we're going to be doing next week with uh, Ethan D, Kather, and Sothana Toasted. We will have three guests, potentially, so if uh if you're one of those three people then you want to join us make sure that you join us sunday night next week and that is the 31st at 9 p.m eastern 6 p.m pacific and if you can't make it please let us know um you can still do some sort of pre-recorded contents and send it in we can still feature what you want to say on the show even if you can't make it live but uh Logan and I are very much looking forward to talking with you guys. We're going to be talking about your experiences so far with the game and your thoughts on these kinds of things and, and get to know you guys a little bit more. Find out more about your any of your experience with a tabletop game and if you've done any of that and, and those kinds of things. So it should be a really fun conversation. If you'd like to join us for that, there is still time to either sign up or upgrade to the upgraded status on the the patreon so you've got a week before that happens you're welcome to join us and uh, thank you especially to all of our patrons you guys are amazing we've got a whole bunch of you so far and we really do appreciate it I can't tell you from the bottom of my heart how much this really does help me uh, continue doing the things that I want to be doing in order to make a living and it really really does help so thank you very much
2: Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart and their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.
0: rough. You are back. I was worried you weren't going to make it. We were like, Oh, where is he? Where'd he go? But you showed
3: up. Oh yeah. Sorry. My, my son can, can be a little bit, uh, difficult to settle at this time of night. Yeah. Um, but I have, uh, I've put him down. He's asleep. Well, good. Um, and I'm back. And you're back. Welcome back.
0: Yes. Welcome back. Yeah. So um, we had a we had a such a good <laughs> we had such a good conversation with you last week. Uh, we invited you to come back today and do the same kind of thing. Another early show because uh, there's still a whole lot more to dig into with Cyberpunk Red. What, what other things? I, I'm sure you've got a list of stuff there. What what other things do, are we going to talk about?
3: Well, uh, I thought I would kick off with a bit of a, a bit of a shameless plug about something I'm doing in Red at the moment. Um, with Artosaurian Games and Sirenscape, uh, and I use that to lead into some actual stuff that we're going to yeah, talk about. Right, right. Um, so, so this is a new campaign called Out on a Limb, uh, which is a weekly um, live game running off Sirenscape's uh, Twitch channel, which you can go to now and you can watch the vod back. Uh, awesome cast, amazing cast, uh, who've brought really, really interesting characters, um, and. Um, all, all backed up by a wonderful soundscape from sirenscape, but, um, uh, without getting too far into the plot, so you can have a chance to watch it. If you, if you haven't already, one of the main antagonists is one, uh, Rocklin augmentix. uh, it's shaping up to be a, a bit of a mover in this story. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about the corporations, um, as they have transitioned from 2020. Through to forty-five and then who survived to twenty seventy-seven. Right, right. Because um, if you've played
0: twenty seventy-seven, the corporations are in a very similar situation to back in 2020. They're they are they're on top, the they're doing the thing that they do. But 45, like we talked about last week, is very different.
3: Yeah. So um with the fourth war and the the um president cress of what's left of the United States basically pulls Militech back in um and and basically nationalizes them and says hey 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 no more nukes please no more rocks getting dropped cut it out guys (laughs) so Militech sort of has their power they're, they're capped they kick arasaka out of the us for now um and and a lot of corporations just they just go bust and they just disappear um, and so there's this huge turmoil of like who survives, who buys up, who, who's a new player on the block. And, uh, one really cool thing they Institute, um, in, uh, in terms of like role-playing and narrative is that it becomes required for every corporation to have a face. And this is the person who is directly responsible for the crimes that the co- company inevitably commits. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah so if you go to the corporations page in red you have each of the corporate profiles for arasaka and so on and then you have a little information on their face so and this just like there's so much juicy lore in these so uh, uh danger girl is a corporation of um uh uh, basically, hot private detectives that you can get to, to 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 either solve your problems or protect you in your day to day life. It's the perfect name for um, it too, Danger Girl. Danger Girl, it's so cool, and the Lego is awesome. Yeah, um, here I'm gonna put it up like on an, screen
0: like a, uh, for yeah, everybody
3: while you talk. This is, uh, I think, where they had the the
1: actual gun, like as an ad on one of the uh, the um, one of the pages in the actual book, I think too. And I think I remember we were talking to uh, to, to Pondsmith. And it was like, we were, I was wondering like, when are we actually going to get the Nerf guns of these? Yeah, I would, would love to have danger girl <laughs> stuff out there. It's so great. These cat girl detectives.
3: Yeah. Anna it's it's, so, it's yeah. so cyberpunk. It's <laughs> right. brilliant. But the head the face of that corporation is, uh, uh, Michiko used to be Michiko Arasaka. It's actually Michiko Sanderson now, cause she married an American and decided to try and stay on in the U S as a US citizen instead. So you've got this like family ski on who's like split off from, from the huge Saibatsu mm. and is now running danger girl, you know, because she herself is this cute, like bubbly Japanese girl. Um, and it gives like having her lead the corporation and be the face of it, like it gives the corporation more character, it gives it like something to to like to to um get into narrative-wise. And also you lets you follow these threads of story through. Um you've got all the all the old school ones, you've got Petrochem, Network 54, who basically own all of the programming in Night City. Um the Biotechnica, they've Okay, now biotechnica
0: yeah. they're interesting. We, in red. we we talked about them on a previous episode. They were one of our topics. We did.
3: Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, with their with their bioengineering and and the trying to repopulate the countryside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was a it was a really interesting con like counterpoint to the cybernetics industry and and all of that stuff that's going very very strongly into robotics and AI to have have a company like this that's focusing on um you know biotechnology on um, nature and augmenting and changing that in ways that could potentially help the planet or not um is interesting or not
3: yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i i so the campaign i did for Cast i like based around biotechnica because of a theme that that pondsmith planted in my mind to do with kind of this guerrilla gardening idea that it, it becomes really punk in 45 to be self-sufficient mm-hmm. to like grow your own food in the wasteland and and you know take charge of that stuff but the only people with the tech do that are biotechnica so the team had to go and fleece them of their their seeds and stuff wow. and it is like it's it's a really cool kind of counterpoint to your traditional cyberpunk stuff which is all very chrome and very yeah. electronic Yeah, but it makes sense.
0: It makes sense that like humans are going to kind of push back in the opposite direction as well. We're also going to, you know, make use of any tools that we have. So being able to, you know, genetically engineer food or animals or whatever, our own bodies uh, without having to use Chrome and and computers uh, seems like another option. So, of Hmm. course, we would explore into that option.
3: And of course, you know, food itself has a whole bunch of a cultural, um, and, and political significance to it, you know, yeah. who gets the food from where and what it means to, to have the, you know, the food of your culture or whatever. Right. You and, know, in and a world where... No, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, I was just saying in a world where everyone is eating bags of kibble, which is, you know, a step up from cat food, you know, essentially having, you know, growing a tomato. Is, is like it can be very significant um, development.
0: Yeah. And as we know, with a lot of this stuff, it's taken from real world issues and just extrapolated into the future. And in, in the real world today, we're dealing with genetically engineered food. And, and what is, you know, how does this actually work? And it's one of those things that's really interesting because a lot of people don't know that we've been genetically engineering food for the entirety of human existence through... Combining crops and and cultivating them and, and and those kinds of things, we just were doing it in ways that weren't as uh, nuanced and detailed as going into the the genome and and editing them on that scale. But by mixing crops and changing things around and grafting things to other roots and and the more natural ways of doing this, we were doing exactly the same thing. It just took longer. And now that you can actually get down into the details of this stuff, you can make it do all sorts of things. And the question then is, is that healthy? Is it not? Is it dangerous for humans? Is it dangerous for the planet, you know, for other species that becomes a much bigger question? So, uh,
3: it's always, it's always dangerous. It's always bad in cyberpunk. <laughs> That's the question is it's, it's, it's always the worst that it could possibly be. <laughs> um, which is what makes, you know, the successes of the players, you know, or the heroes, depending on, you know, what approach you're having, all that, I think, um, we, there's talk, uh, uh, Mike always talks about when he talks about the role-playing game about keeping it street level. And so while you do have these huge conspiracies and, and power by the big players, the, the, the gains that your players make are always like incremental. They're always thwarting one plan or exposing one one corporate lie not taking down a whole corporation you know it mm, yeah. um, just kind of keeps keeps that that um that gritty feel to it which is which is really good and i think in red it's even it's even even better because all of the corporations even the biggest ones have been knocked back and then there are all these like little fish who are like scrambling to like fill the gaps and so you as well as all these awesome corporations, um, the new ones, the old ones, it's really easy to like just invent one and put it in and say, you know, this is a startup. They didn't make it to 2077, the Cassano Canon, you know, there's sure. you know years possibility to fall out.
0: Right, but or to can- even have your, your player characters start their own corporations
3: i'm waiting to see a game like that i think that would be really rad um yeah there's loads of room for stuff they could do
0: right yeah we can connect it to a street gang and have some sort of you know covert connection to on the street stuff but it's still being managed by a a corporation that handles higher level things and yet it's all connected yeah like
3: i I like the idea of like like a gang that gets serious and uh and like goes (laughs) goes goes legit yeah yeah. yeah. Incorporates themselves and they like, oh, well, actually, why don't we just become, like, why don't we make it official. Right, right. <laughs> I think that'd be really cool.
1: Ironically, that's kind of what happened with a f- lot of the big corporations that we have right now. Like Militech wasn't always Militech. It was like guys who yeah. were ex-military making weapons that are like, well, I can mm-hmm. make weapons better than anyone else. And they just happen to get the funding to be able to build it. So you could totally come up with a bunch of solos in red and have them just kind of, you know, kick up their own manufacturing or consultancy. Like imagine creating your own corporation of solos and all they do is just consult other uh, solos on how to handle jobs. And they're just like, Right. You know, I'm I'm out right. of the game but I'm still offering my my services so or they train a personal like protection contacts.
0: service you know like yeah. any of that stuff you could could be a thing
1: Yeah Yeah it's interesting I like the possibilities that are available to you with Red it feels like they've they've really kind of given you the tools to be able to build like I could totally see it going like the complete opposite and having a whole bunch of corpos in a group and having the, these corpos seg- segregate themselves from you know like their own their, the company that they're with right now and try and kick up their own company to actually mm. take on the company that they just broke away from as a competitor and actually run into situations where they are coming like head to head with their own uh old The mini corporate Yeah.
0: Or you could have a fixer who spent most of their life on the street doing things illegally realize that many of the organizations, gangs, whatever that they're dealing with need something. There's like a, a need in the market, and they can supply it through legitimate means. And then starts mm. a corporation to then legitimately supply these things to their customer base in a legal way. And then all of a sudden they're now legal and that yet they're still running from their past. Like you could have a whole line. About yeah. I that. mean,
3: I- the mechanics in red, like, because supply lines are so poor and like international shipping is so poor, like a lot of stuff that you want to get in your day set life, you have to go to what's called a night market, which is where fixers just like set up temporary places where they can source you stuff. And you know, in the main part you get, you get food and electronic parts and computers and you know, washers, dryers, whatever you need, right? You know, you go into the back special room is where you get your black market cyberware and stuff, you could very easily see one of those turning into a more permanent thing just like over time as yeah. the infrastructure repairs itself. Right. Um it's just such a wonderful um decision to blow the world up, essentially. To <laughs> blow the city
0: up. <laughs> but <It's>, not completely. <laughs> it's such a wonderful decision to blow everything up. It's great. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it's, 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 master, it's a master stroke, I think, um, cause you have this city that's, it's the city, you know, and it's the city you'll see in 2077, but like half of it's under construction and the other half is like almost completely abandoned and is full of, you know, it's the combat zone, but worse than it used to be. So you've got this real dichotomy between, uh, different parts, what's happening in different parts of the city, everybody's scrambling to get a piece. Mm-hmm. corporations are weaker the new ones are springing up it's just it's just this really influx place which is a great place to tell your own stories in and then you have the final piece is that the stuff that links forward and the stuff that links back to the whole canon that they have you know and and finding you know your story in there and then and then neatly sewing it into the cool lore that everyone knows about it's it's really easy to do it's it's really lovely yeah, I was wondering
1: because um, I, I I was thinking about it because I just I just got the the last two comics for the cyberpunk, uh, like four issues that they came out with. And it's and it's all about trauma team. And I was thinking about it while, while we were talking about uh, corporations and Given the the nature of what happens in 2023, um, I know trauma teams in red, but is is that something? Because especially with um, feed the beast, it feels like everything is kind of built up on its own. Doesn't feel like any of the people that are in heaven are connected to any corporations uh, per se, or you know, it feels like there isn't really that. Um, kind of support from like trauma team. Like, I, I don't think I've, I've heard anyone in the, in the, the, in the actual session that you guys did yet that's had anyone that's had like a trauma team card. So like, have you played around with the idea of how big is trauma team in red and, and are, are they still like the, the force to be reckoned with if you've got a trauma team card um, or are there are they kind of diminished the way that like arasaka and militech are after the fourth corporate war
3: they're definitely they're definitely still around and you can definitely um have a membership um i've not played with anyone who has forked out for one um so i don't generally play in games which or, or you play games which have a lot of kind of money tracking and and that's sort of like living in the world stuff um, but are certainly there and you said cert- they've, um, they've reduced everything to, to basically two categories where so you have your standard, which is a, the more accessible kind of one where they'll basically patch you off and drop you off at the hospital. And then you still have platinum as well, which is pretty, pretty damn expensive for a punk t- to have really, it's pretty rare. I think any punk would have them. And, um, given the stats of the, the kind of backup you can expect to see, um, they they're still pretty mean i reckon they're not quite as mean as they maybe were in 2020 i think maybe their resources are stretched a bit thin um i don't think many people i think maybe this is just my understanding but i think there might be a little unspoken rule that you you generally don't mess with trauma team yeah yeah no matter what they're in i think it's, it's it's a faux pas right
1: yeah because that that was the like as i was thinking about it i was thinking like having a trauma team uh in like an actual session of of um red would be really cool as a boss mechanic like if you're going up against someone that you need to take out Mm
0: -hmm. yeah an important corpo manager or somebody who then snaps their card and you think oh we got them everything's done and then you turn around and trauma team drops in
1: yeah (laughs) So that that was where I was wondering, like, how strong are they? Because like the idea of of going up against a guy and you think you got him up against the ropes, you're about to grab whatever you need. And he's all like... And that cr- the platinum just sounds and just like reverberates across the room, and all the players are just like, "Did you really just summon Trauma Team?" And he's like, "Yeah, and <laughs> <they're> like, son <laughs> of a." And you just have to now. You now these guys that like just barely made it through like this really cool like boss fight now have to deal with Trauma Team and how to figure that out. And and it, are they going to be able to catch him or, or you know get rid of him and stuff? And then like, how do they deal with Trauma Team and killing people that are yeah. just there? Or try and save a life
0: yeah and it could yeah i point? mean it could even turn into a fun chase mechanic where they're trying not to have to hurt trauma team they're just trying to capture this enemy and that, that guy, and, like, you know but... they keep them alive but like get away from trauma team while this thing's like chasing them you know like that could it could turn into a fun adventure part of the uh the thing yeah
3: i can tell you, i can tell you exactly what they bring um five members a doctor a medical assistant a pilot, and two team security officers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, um, we did an episode yeah, on this as well. Um, that, and yeah. like, and the people on the, and they're he, all highly, highly trained ex military, like intense. The
3: combat numbers are only 10. I would probably, I would probably bump their combat numbers up to 12 or 14 personally, especially for the security officers and their assault rifles. I think 10 is a little life for, for how it? scary they are. Mm. Um, but they do have armor 13, which is pretty terrifying. <laughs> uh yeah, armor 13 you just you, small arms fire is bouncing off them yeah because um your your handguns are 2d6 3d6 ah. so you've got a very heavy handgun once. Right. Well,
0: maybe that's the the concept pretty, then, is that they're they're, they're not particularly overly deadly but they're also very hard to kill
3: well i think the helix the Jusami arms helix on the on the av4 is is, is gonna, it's going yeah major. yeah that that's Little yeah, regardless of what the soldiers are, wear- uh, uh, packing, um, the tsunami arms is, is going to tear absolutely tear up anything you're behind. So yeah, so I think it's not cool. just them. It's the, it's, you know, it's the AV that they have. Oh so yeah. It really yeah. Adds yeah. To yeah. It. yeah. Um, but they're around, I reckon reckon they survive because there's, there's always, there's always a market for them. Right. It never gets any safer in night city. Um, and they did make an effort to sort of stay out of the corporate war by refusing to answer calls to, uh, Militech or Arasaka They were just like, okay, we'll just, we'll just do everyone else. I'll, I'll be a hundred (laughs) percent honest.
1: I would love to see a session where one of your players decides to apply for a position in trauma team and (laughs) you set it up so they have to fight their buddy at the end of like a boss fight when the guy snaps his (laughs) platinum so now you've got one of your trauma team cast members fighting the rest of the cast members to try and protect this dude that they are trying to kill and you don't realize (laughs) it and it's like they're sitting there they're going to kill him and then the card snaps and then the guy's like hold on i got a call and it's trauma team they're like you got work to do you're the closest one to respond you got to go save this guy and you're like you're basically
0: right on top ah. of the situation
1: <laughs> i, I want to see that
3: play out oh, if that's man. ever a possibility Oof. Uh, it's it's a very specific set of circumstances but uh i'll try and make it happen for you. <laughs> speaking of like yeah, people going from from corporate to to um oh sorry from some uh underground to corporate um i've been doing just running a game with john john uh uh john, john the wise is mm-hmm. taken the setting of heaven is running a game for us and um one thing that he's doing is a sort of background thing is actually the opposite where a lot of the companies are closing down or people are being disillusioned with them and people, uh, the corporates are moving into heaven instead of deciding to be oh, independent, trying to be, <laughs> to be punks and to be, and to, to get involved in, in sort of community and, and mutual aid and stuff. So that's really interesting. I didn't really ever consider that angle that that the punks might actually have something to offer. The corporations don't. It's like, well, we actually have souls guys. <laughs> you come live with us. <laughs>
1: That's really interesting considering like you would see, it, you know, if, if your corporation is, it's kind of like what happens in society, you know, if you, if you ever get fired or your company gets shut down, think of like, um, uh, car, car industries in middle of, uh, of the United States. If one of those plants goes down or a factory gets shut down, hundreds of people are, are left and they, they have to rely on their neighbors, uh, for odd jobs, or they have to rely on their neighbors for connection connections to be able to do that so the concept uh, is actually been there but it, it i think you're 100 right i don't think it's one of those things where most people would take that approach because of just the the general animosity towards corpos because of them hmm. being in the system and being that that bad person or the, the the soulless
3: person per se um but i, I always i, so I always try to- and I always try to humanize, you know, corpos or or gangers or anyone as much as I can. Right. So, um, if you have a fight against a couple of corporate security guys who just, you know, ran a cop, they've been hired, I'll give them names, you know, I'll give them a characteristic because they are at the end of the day, they're people with doing their jobs and hoping to get paid for them. Sure. There are people at the higher ups in the corporations who, who are, you know, real villains who are, are really manipulating people's lives and. Hurting people for indirectly for profit, you know. But the people who work nine to five, ugh, they're sellouts. But just saying they're evil corpos, it's not very fun, you know. Yeah. Like everyone has, right. has made choices. It's too flat,
1: it's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I'm curious, do you, do you find, and, and I don't know the scope of how many people you've, you've, uh, like GM for and stuff, but do you find actors, uh, tend to respond better to that because they can embody their character a little better than people that are just kind of fans of tabletop games and kind of look at it as a game, as opposed to a story being told?
3: I think certainly that there is uh, an argument there that that people who are more interested in a sort of a more open-ended game or a more, um, combat orient- combat oriented game wouldn't be as interested in, in sort of humanizing their kind of opponents in that way. But I think, um, you know, as for myself, it's part of the way I, I GM is to, embody the your opponents. Right. And even if I was running just a combat encounter, um, with people who are psychotic. So, uh, there was a, a, a fight in feed the beast where they had to fight three, uh, nuts maelstrom women who were like, just cybered up to the nines. And so what I tried to do with them is I based them on the three fates and gave them three sort of archetypes. There was a sniper, there was a like a heavily armored grenade launcher, and there was like a, a chick with cyber skates and blades who like came at them. And so you can, even if you're not like humanizing, humanizing them saying, Oh, okay, well remember they're people with their own inner life, uh, there's always an argument to say, you know, these, the people are individuals, even if they're crazy gangers or a corporate, opponents they have their own they will, they will ha- have their own lives that lead them up to this point and i think that makes them more interesting opponents And i think it makes you know the way they approach combat with you or try to thwart the players more interesting and more challenging so even in games which aren't as narrative based there's always good room to there's always room and it's always beneficial to to make your your antagonists um have good character and and like clear motivations yeah um well it helps answer the question
0: of what 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 would they do in any situation because if you know who they are and where they came from and you put them in a situation then the situation will play out the way that that character would act in that situation you don't have to just figure something out as the you know the referee playing the game Oh, okay well what would they do now what are they gonna do now you you would know okay this is the kind of person who reacts this way in these kinds of situations so they're going to do this And then it
3: it opens up avenues for the players as well.
0: So is this person a coward? Can they be threatened? Can they be blackmailed? Exactly. And and there should be, uh, you know, once they start seeing certain patterns in the personality, then that's going to make more sense to the people playing the game. They're going to have insight into who this person is and what they can expect of them. Uh, It also allows for character development, because if you've set that as a standard early on when you first meet the character and that character survives until later, Episodes of your your gameplay, then maybe they start to make different decisions and they start to develop and move in a slightly different er- direction. And then that becomes a much more interesting story to tell. Hey, we found this person. They started out as a coward. We ended up having to take them along with us. They were extremely unlikable, but we started to actually kind of like them. And all of a sudden, they stepped up at one point and saved our butts. Like that's a way more interesting story. Mm. And the same in reverse. Who doesn't like a, a, exactly. a good heel turn? Right. Right. Uh, yeah.
3: No, actually... Someone he. yeah. Sorry, I didn't
1: mean to cut you off, but I'm, I'm curious, do you, do you find yourself kind of, um, like before an encounter or before like a, an, an introduction to a, a group of, uh, NPCs that you're about to have like these, your, your cast kind of engage with, do you, Try to to kind of preface some of like the the description that you're going into with some of those NPCs to try and persuade them to to try and make these decisions, or do you wait until they've kind of set along a path and then maybe toss in something to to kind of see if that'll that'll kind of mess up uh, mess them up or, or or see if they'll change their their perspective on it? Like um, in, in Feed the Beast, I know there was the early part when they were going to uh, the lab to to grab some data or the the actual, um, uh, the, the The scenes, scenes. uh, the guard was just kind of described as a guard, but at some point, um, there was the, the hint from, uh, that, that the guard might actually be female and might actually be attractive. And that kind of tweaked some of how the the scene actually played out. So Mm -hmm. uh, do you look for those moments in particular, or, or do you kind of have that like at, like while you're actually getting set up for that, do you already plan on that being like a factor that you're, you're going to see if that baits them into a
3: situation? It's always, always a mix of both, right? So when I'm introducing players to, to a set of NPCs or a scene, I always like want to have like visually, what do the, what do what are they first going to notice about the person, you know, glowing eyes, silver hair, and then, there's an opportunity there for you know um human perception role dv13 reveals this about their demeanor in this moment so that you you there's a bit of pre-planning of like this is the read that they can get from the situation and then if there's any fun things like that that you think might might entice a certain response you definitely kind of thread that in as well you're like oh this person is like endlessly antagonistic and and um i know that one of my players has really short the character has a really short fuse so i'm gonna get them to like just be really just really hammer on this person and see if i can get them to buy um you might layer that in but you also want to be open because you can i can never predict what your players are going to do and how they're going to react so you always um uh you can't you can't over plan So generally the NPCs will come into the scene, wanting something say, you know, Hey, we're from a gang and your buddy, you know, the, one of the three of your party in your team owes us money. Right. And maybe they're not necessarily there to kill you, but they're there to shake you down Mm -hmm. and they're there to intimidate you and make sure you pay up, threaten you, maybe physically hurt you. Right. (laughs) Depending on how it goes depending (laughs) on how it goes cyber cyberpunk (laughs) yeah they have but instead of just like you get it you get ambushed by some people who don't like you it's like these people want a certain response from you they want to they, they they want something that's not necessarily you know you know violence because they could they they also want to live um and and anytime a gun gets drawn there's a possibility that you know, they're not walking out of there alive either. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. you, it's a combination of pre-planning, understanding what the NPCs want when they appear and then yeah, putting without being too heavy handed, just layering, just popping in the little details that you think will excite certain interesting responses from people. And then if your players make an offer, if your players go something interesting and exciting, just run with it for all your worth. Yeah. Never, never shoot it down. Always run with it. Um, if it means like just letting them have stuff without roles, if it's interesting, just let it go. Um, that's always the best approach, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, cool. uh, cooperative storytelling, we talked about this a little bit before, and I talk about this on the Dungeons and Dragons lore cast. The uh, one of the things about doing tabletop role-playing is the cooperative storytelling that comes about from it. And this idea that, like, somebody else's response to something you set up could turn the entire thing in a different direction in a way that you never anticipated, but makes it way better than, you know. I have a very simple example. on I used to do a Dungeons & Dragons show, so similar kind of concept, right? Role-playing your adventure. And they were... <laughs> they came across this evil witch who had stolen these children. It was basically a Hansel and Gretel story, right? Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out what the deal was. Turns out the witch was actually the children's grandmother and was protecting them. Um, so that's the twist, but they didn't know it. And the uh, one of the characters who was like the uh, the cleric uh, knocks on the door in order to try to get in the place and the witch introduces herself and says, oh, hi, you know, and, and, and invites him in for tea. <laughs> So he comes in, still thinking like, okay, this lady's going to kill me or this attack me at some point. Sinister. This is very strange, right? <laughs> but um, the, the, when he was doing this while another character was trying to sneak in through a window in order to grab the children, so he's trying to keep her attention on him and away from the other side of the room behind her and there was a moment where she was getting up to go get the tea and so he says like just he just grabs her hand because he, he basically failed a check to keep her attention so he just was just like i, I grab her hand and i was like okay and then she, so i took that moment as like and then i was like oh she hasn't had a male suitor come to her door in a long time that's how she introduced herself she's like oh i don't have male suitors come to my door it's been a very long time and so she took that as like uh, oh he's interested in me so immediately she's like oh hello and then just sits on his lap <laughs> and like from that point on like it went in a completely different direction <laughs> and He was a dwarf, too, which made it even funnier. Um, Oh, lovely. Yeah, but, like, I had no intention for that to go in that direction at all. He just kind of acted in the spur of the moment, which led it into this alternate direction, and and then, of course, everything goes crazy from there. Um, But yeah, so
3: many awesome zany things that can happen in cyberpunk. Oh, yeah. Exactly that same vein. Yeah, and that's just a
0: little tiny example. It could be huge. It could be a world-changing thing based on somebody's you know, somebody as a player offers something up and all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, I kind of expected the adventure to go this way, but man, that's a really cool twist. Let's go there.
3: Mm. Yeah. And as, as I said, you know, starting this out, talking about corporations, you can sort of expand this stuff to, to, um, corporations as adversaries, right? So a corporation, unlike a lot of Nefarious corporations in movies or, or games like the Umbrella Corporation. I have no idea what the Umbrella Corporation's business model is. It doesn't seem very profitable. Um, uh, real corporations have actual goals. And <laughs> You know I what? Know. You know how Umbrella makes money? Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Wait, I don't. Another time, though. Another time. Okay. But I love that. I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. You, you can, um, you know, a corporation is is looking to corner a market or um, uh, remove a competitor or, you know, uh, get an edge on something or, or, or get some information. Um, so they very rarely are just out to thwart the players. The players generally just sort of get in the way of their schemes mm-hmm. um, more by accident. It's rare that the, they're actually directly targeting them. And so you, that means, you know, you give people the sense of the world moving around them with different people with their different, um, desires. Uh, and the same thing to do with like, you know, humanizing individual corpos or characters, each corporation has its own culture. Um, yeah. and it has its own, uh, you know, and people who have joined that corporation, are uh, sort of feed it from it and into it as well right, so right right can that can add an extra kind of level of of interest and flavor depending on who you select to be the antagonist if if you're going with a corporate antagonist and honestly like you know this is the law cast the 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 corporations have so much flavor like look at how how iconic arasaka is um to the whole canon You know and that is just from the strength of the writing and and the the care and and um detail that's been put into the creation of them and they're just one corporation among dozens each of them has its own history and its own um its own foibles and its own interesting characters and players they make really great additions to any kind of red game i think
0: yeah i think that's a that's a really solid uh wrap up for that for that topic i think uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover before we head out
3: um no so i just I would definitely so. encourage people to to come come yeah. watch uh sirenscape game and twitch on friday nights yeah um thursday nights thursday nights friday mornings for me thursday night for americans yeah um first episode went great i hope you can people can join us for the next one um and uh, look out for John John the wise game as well because we're playing uh, some of our previous characters from feed the beast are returning.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, I, I know for a lot of people who don't play tabletop games or, or tabletop RPG games specifically that it can discussion around these things feels like magic because they don't have a sense of like what it's actually like to play the games. How does that actually hmm. work? How do you guys construct the story? How do you roleplay characters? What is it? What does it even look like? Um, so being able to watch you guys do this is Um, at least it it was the same way with me. I I didn't have that concept until I watched other people role play and do a good job of it. And then it, and then it clicked. And I was like, Oh, not not only is this how you do it, but there's a lot of potential here. This seems extremely Mm. open and fun. And all you need is just some creative friends to get together and you can build a thing together. That is a lot of fun. Um, so if if it you're seems, in that camp it does
3: seem very mystic yeah yeah it it, seems very mystic until you've actually had some experience right with that. And do then you need like, oh.
0: figures on a table do you not need figures on a table do you like what did the dice rolling actually look like how does that really work you know like what happens if i want to do something and there doesn't seem to be you know rules for how to do that like there, there's a lot of these kinds of questions but all of yeah. that stuff is answered. Like it, none of that stuff is difficult. <laughs> like it's actually fairly easy to do. Mm-hmm. You just have to have the creativity in the rule book, you know, and you can go anywhere. So yeah, go, go, go take a look. It's very cool. Yeah.
3: And if you, if you, if you want to get hands on with the, the lore of this amazing world, there's no better place than doing it, you know, with, with a great storyteller DM and, and, and saying, Hey, we want to look at this aspect and there you go. You get guided tour.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do an adventure around this concept. Let's do a venture around this gang or this corporation or, or this technology. Boom.
3: Trauma team is a classic, right? We're talking about trauma team earlier. A a bunch of guys who are trauma team and you just get together for your session each week and it's a different fucking mission. You know, save this corporate, you know, uh, rescue this gangster in the middle of a turf war, you know, different every week can be a really great way to run the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so how can people get a hold of you if they want to want to reach out? Uh,
3: yes. Yeah, so you can find uh, me, Phil, at uh, on Twitter. That's at Scruff eh, at S-K-K-R-U-F. Can't even spell my own Twitter handle. Um, and uh, me and my colleagues are all uh, part of Baby Beard Media. You can find us on Twitter with, with that as well uh, as YouTube. where We do Let's Plays um but uh, yeah if you search for baby beard media you will find our podcasts and our youtube channel and uh, come hit us up on
0: twitter as well say hi yeah go say hi go say hi friends logan do you have anything going on you want to talk about before we head out
1: Uh, just going to be diving into season one of, uh, sea thieves and the new merchant, uh, voyage that they're going to be doing next week on the 28th, I believe it is. And there's a video coming out on the 26th. If you want to learn more about that, uh, next podcast will be out this weekend, obviously. Um, otherwise come say hi on Twitter at C a P T underscore L O G U N, uh, join up on the, um, the, the robots radio discord as well too. uh, in the cyberpunk channel. Yeah. I don't know how many of you guys have, uh, finished the, the trauma team, cyberpunk comics. Uh, but I, I would love to get some discussion around that cause that was a really cool story to, to, to finish up. Uh, I got to do that this weekend and, and I had a good
0: time. So, uh, come join us there. Come say hi. Yeah, come say hi. But, yeah, for sure. And if you're interested in sea of thieves and you want to see what that game's all about, check out the stream. Well, uh, yeah. Captain Logan knows a lot about that game. He can help you out. <laughs> that's what <laughs> uh, they say. That's what they say. Why am a captain? That's what, <laughs> you don't become a captain for nothing, <laughs> unless you're Jack Sparrow and then you just kind of choose to be a captain. I guess I don't know. Um, let's see. Yeah. What do I have going on? I've I've got my uh, daytime streams where I am streaming sometime in the late morning, usually uh, at least for Eastern time zones, and I'm editing podcasts and videos and. Sound stuff and hanging out with you guys. I'm I'm basically your work buddy, or you're my work buddies. And uh, it's been great. It's been fun having people to chat with while I work on stuff. And then, if I get the opportunity later on, either during the same stream or later on in the day, I've been streaming some games and and just playing, hanging out. So come join us for that stuff, and I think that's pretty much it. Uh, The only other thing I want to mention is we only have one week left until our patron episode, which means, uh, I talked about this in the middle of the show, but I forgot to bring up, that we also only have one week left in our screenshot competition, and Kather is giving away a really cool-looking model of V flying off a motorcycle shooting his guns. And if you want an opportunity to win that, all you have to do is take some screenshots of something in cyberpunk 2077 including a vehicle and you can post up to three of those and you just have to share them in the screenshot the the cyberpunk screenshot section of the discord and you could easily win something for free just from taking a really cool screenshot so get on that just a week left we've had a lot of people enter but it's easy to do so get on it see if you can win something all right cyberpunks until next time stay safe in night city and we will see you later have a good one Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at TheMidnightOfficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later.
2: You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at RobotsRadio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know, play D&D, and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amaran. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Are you into the Cyberpunk tabletop games or excited for Cyberpunk 2077? Are you looking to brush up on the lore, stay up on all the latest news, and talk about the game when it comes out? Check out the Cyberpunk Lorecast, a show from Robots Radio with me, your host, Robots. We'll go over all the details you need to know about the world... Characters and story of Cyberpunk. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the host of the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. Podcast about all things Legend of Zelda. From Errol to Zora. And all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore, Everything surrounding it. Come join us on Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and wherever else you get your podcasts.
1: We hope to see you soon.